Hi everyone, welcome back to Learning to Sit Still podcast. Today, I want to go back to the book of Ruth and study the character of Ruth. I have to say that this will not be one episode, but probably three or four, most likely four. There is so much packed into this little book that I would do it an injustice to try and cram it all into one episode, especially since it would be one very long episode. Today, I just want to begin with chapter one and highlight a few things about Ruth, a woman who pursued God with all of her heart. I heard someone once say that Ruth was a woman with reckless abandonment, and I would have to agree with that as we will discover in her story. She was a woman who bravely stepped outside of her comfort zone. First, I want to set the stage. The book itself is sandwiched between Judges and 1 Samuel. A fitting place since the events transpire during the time of the judges and will contain critical information for what will happen in 1 Samuel. One thing I want to mention is that the time of the judges was not necessarily one of great spiritual revival. In fact, based on the last verse in Judges, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. When you read through Judges, there is a constant up and down in their walk with the Lord, usually depending on which judge was in charge. However, Ruth's story does take place more toward the beginning of this period and maybe not too long after Israel had conquered the inhabitants of the Promised Land. Remember that the mother of Boaz was Rahab, who lived in Jericho, the first major conquest of the land. So if you keep that in mind, there was a chance that Boaz had even met Joshua and Caleb and that Naomi might have even known Rahab, depending on how both old of them were, because Naomi had grown sons that were probably not that much younger than Boaz himself. This makes it rather interesting and gives some perspective, since often we think of Ruth as its own timeline, while in actuality it was set during a time when Israel was beginning to see a decline in the old ways of those who followed the Lord as the older generation died off. As for her background, we know very little except that she was from the land of Moab and did have a family she could have gone back to when her husband died. She was the wife of Malon, a man whose name meant sickly or sickness, indicating that he might not have been super strong or healthy. Not exactly the ideal picture of Prince Charming at all, but Of course, women had very little to say about who they married. No doubt, this marriage was like most arranged by the parents. Often, Ruth's Gentile background is mentioned, as she is known for most of the story as Ruth the Moabitess, but sometimes I think we forget that she was also married to a foreigner. She married a Hebrew, something that was probably not common among her own people. Remember that she was from a people born out of incest. Lot's two daughters got their father drunk and each slept with him, producing two sons, Ammon and Moab, who would go on to father a nation, one of which would become the people of Moab. Her family tree was nothing to be too proud of, and the Hebrews were not fond of them either and had even less respect for them, even though they were distantly related. This information makes it even more interesting that a marriage was agreed upon. Her family also allowed her to marry a person who was completely opposite in what they believed. But could it be that Malon and even his father initially lived a life of such compromise that the Moabites felt comfortable intermarrying? This is just something to think about as we have no evidence of this in the text at all. Now, after 10 years of marriage, both Malon and his brother Chilion die. We are given no reason why. They just died after 10 years, leaving behind a mother, herself a widow, and two more widows. 
The decision is made to return home, and even though Naomi does her best, she cannot shake Ruth. This is what I want to hone in on today, Ruth's determination and her kindness. I remember one time reading through the book of Ruth and writing down all of her character qualities, and believe me, there were many, but the first are found here. We talked about Orpah last week, a woman who initially wanted to come along, but was persuaded to return to her homeland. Why was Ruth so adamant about coming with Naomi? She was willing to step outside of the familiar and forsake it all. Why? She grew up believing in the false god Chemosh, a god portrayed as war, with some scholars comparing him to the Greek god of war, Eris. They worshipped it with sacrifices, including humans. So imagine what Ruth thought when she heard about a god who loved his people delivered them from slavery and brought them to a promised land, a good land where they would prosper. He did all of this, yet all he asked of his people is that they love him with all of their heart. No human sacrifice necessary, only animals. Loving a God was something unfamiliar to Ruth. She had been taught to live in fear of her God, that if they didn't do so many things to please him, he would turn against them. Yet how many times have the Hebrews disappointed their God and he still loved them, still offered them mercy. Think about what that must have been like for her to comprehend, to try and wrap her mind around this. I believe it made an impact on her life and planted the seed of faith that would grow into a fierce determination to journey into the land of a people who worshiped such a God. I know that I've spoken about the Naomi syndrome, how her bitterness hindered her from seeing God's goodness. But remember what I said about it not always being like that. I am convinced that it was Naomi who influenced Ruth's early years and nurtured a tender faith in God. Remember what I said earlier about the timeline of the book? While Naomi may not have been one of the original group of adults who crossed over into the promised land, it is feasible that she was a young child or at least her parents would have been part of that group. So the miracles of God would have been directly passed down to her. She then could have told Ruth about the fall of Jericho, how a Gentile named Rahab saved the two spies and married into the line of Judah, a not-so-distant relative of Elimelech, Naomi's husband. Maybe that gave her hope that she, too, could be fully grafted into the nation of Israel, too. Think about what a difference this was compared to Ruth's pagan background and the stories her ancestors shared. Just like Rahab before her, Ruth's heart was convinced that this was the one true God the one she gave her life and heart to. A commitment was born during those 10 years, a commitment that turned into a determination to reach the land of promise that would show itself in the speech she gave her mother-in-law. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For where thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. That was Ruth chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. 
Naomi tells her to follow the example set by Orpah, who had turned back. And the word turn back actually carries the idea of, you know, obviously turning back or even retreating. And that was the last thing on Ruth's mind. She was not interested in retreating to the familiar. In fact, she was doing the unexpected. She was taking the plunge into uncharted waters. Ruth seems to understand that her old home, the world she came from, had nothing to offer her. It was empty. Only the land they were journeying toward could provide what she needed. Though their life may be one of poverty, it was better than returning home to Moab, even if she could marry the richest man there. Her desire to dwell in God's land was similar to the psalmist who expressed his contentment at being a doorkeeper in the temple rather than dwelling in the tents of wickedness. To Ruth, even the lowest position in Israel was far better than the best one in a pagan world. You can only admire such a woman, one who was absolutely desperate to go to the land of God's people. And this is what prompted her to speak one of the most beautiful statements recorded in scripture. Listen to what was stated and what it means for her. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. This is Ruth giving up her own will. She released the reins of her life and gave them willingly to her mother-in-law. Wherever Naomi goes is where Ruth will follow, no matter where it takes them. So often young people say, I'm 18 or I'm 21. That makes me an adult and capable of making my own decisions, of being my own boss. Yet even though Ruth had been a married woman, fully able to make up her own mind and choose what she wanted to do with her life, she defers to another. God honored her for it, using her submissive attitude and humble position to lead her to a place of blessing. Then she goes on to say, your people will become mine. She is forsaking her people and her nationality. She is no longer wanting anything more to do with Moab and walks away from her past, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward to the prize. She says, your God is my God. She is renouncing her pagan gods and has accepted the God of Israel as her Lord. He is the one she desires to serve and worship for the rest of her days. And she concludes, where you die, I will die and be buried. She is in this for the long journey. Till the end of her days, she will remain with Naomi. But pay attention to the details. Not only will she stay with Naomi, but after Ruth dies, she wants to be buried right next to her. I want to point out something. These eloquent words that have been spoken for years as words of love and commitment between couples as their vows were not intended to become those kind of vows. This was not their origin, but they were first spoken to a bitter, old, grumpy woman who had done all she could to push the one person who loved her away. Consider that for a moment. We love these words because of the beauty and emotion they express, but the first person to hear them could have cared less. It's almost like someone gives this rousing speech that inspires those who hear it decades later, but it was originally met with meh. It's almost beyond comprehension that Naomi could be so unmoved by what Ruth just vowed to do before God. Yet this is exactly what happened. Listen to her response in verse 18. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. 
basically Naomi went, well, I guess I'm stuck with her. Whatever. If you want to come along, fine. Seeing that I can't get rid of you anyways. You have to wonder if maybe, maybe Ruth thought she might get a stronger response from Naomi as well. But, you know, somehow I don't think that thought was there because Ruth's words did not hinge on Naomi's countenance or acceptance, but on the great love she had for her and her commitment to pursue the God of Israel. Sadly, though, when they do arrive in Bethlehem, there is no fanfare or celebration because it's cut short by Naomi. Again, her bitterness spews out as soon as she steps foot into the city, telling her neighbors that God was not good. This must have been hard for Ruth to witness. Here she has finally arrived in the city of her deceased husband, the place she had only heard of, and Naomi's attitude could have spoiled it all. This was not an easy transition for Ruth either, who probably endured more than a few stares from the neighbors and no doubt looks of disapproval because of who she was. She was Ruth the Moabitess. But on the other hand, there must have been a bit of admiration in the crowd as word spread that Ruth, the mere daughter-in-law, had chosen to return with this bitter fossil and care for her. She was a woman who maintained a good attitude in the face of someone's poor behavior and handled it all with grace. And that is where we will end today's episode. But can I leave you with a challenge to reflect on Ruth's character and examine your own? I know I am. Every time I read through her story and meditate on her behavior, I'm left with conviction. She was a woman who realized just how empty this world is and that its very best can't compare to God's. She is a woman who shows us what it means to have compassion, grace, and love for others, even when they are unlovable. Her heart was wholly devoted to God, and she was willing to give up everything that would hinder her from knowing him better. She illustrates what it means to truly lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. I guess this is why I love her so much, and I believe she makes the perfect role model for every woman, no matter what age or season of life they're in. I pray that you have a wonderful day, my friends. Remember to take the time to sit still, to know him, and be ready to let go of whatever is hindering you from pursuing him. Mm -hmm.